0: Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grizz podcast with your hosts Trudeau and D. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Frizz and the Grizz. It's your boy Trudeau, and always my buddy D. What's good, homie? What it do, baby? And. Special guest making a guest appearance, our first guest, the inaugural guest on the podcast, my man Biddies from My Wheelhouse basketball pa- podcast. What's up, man?
1: What an honor. Uh, it's soup season. I'm happy. Happy to be here. Let's do this.
0: It's it's a bit of a weird thing for us today because not only are you here, but it's a different format visually for those watching yeah, live. This is weird. Watch this. Watch this. <laughs> It's just like a close-in on my face. I feel like I should have done like some exfoliating before before recording, no, but we're I here didn't now. I not
2: line my shit up either. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, so we apologize in advance if it's a little clunky today. We're going to try to figure out the how to run the uh, triangle offense. It'll be interesting to see. But speaking of triangle offense, lots of basketball today. Biddy's obviously from my wheelhouse basketball. Uh, so we're going to talk some NBA, a little college football after that. We're back with Frizz's Five, right? We're
2: back with the five, baby.
0: And then the cap with the World Cup. So it'll be a fun episode. Uh, I have some stuff. So first, D, for you. Bro, what the fuck is going on?
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't start off the right oh, way, Oh, I'm baby. sorry, my apologies. <laughs> As we have to start it off every Monday because we are blessed to wake up above ground and not under.
0: Happy fucking Monday, baby. All right. Let's <laughs> so just off the top for you, I have, I have a thing for both of you off the top, but off the top for you, bro, what is going on in North Carolina? People are shooting up electrical towers and, and causing your state to lose power.
2: So that's not my part of town. Uh, this is news to me. Please enlighten me as to where this is located.
1: Oh, if you didn't know about this? I, no, I was you're, worried you're about you. You're breaking news, Steve. I have no idea Yeah. I'm like
0: <laughs>
2: Yeah, i was like worried I, and i'm about plugged you. in majority of the day too like i get a decent amount of updates <laughs> but i didn't hear about this no
0: yeah like somebody was like shooting at a electrical plant uh somewhere in north carolina and like a whole county lost power i was worried that would be you
2: no it's not here i'm franklin county west coast kind of okay um, they're out in rowley um no the unfortunately the the biggest news with that type of stuff there was a shooter an active shooter that was out in the rally area like a month ago that was unfortunate um obviously to those that lost their lives more importantly to those that are affected uh we don't want to promote that type of stuff obviously online but like this is life right like it's the stuff that we have to deal with so please make sure that you guys are paying attention we say it at the end of each show i'm not going to spoil it now but please take care of yours because it's real life that we're out here now
0: well, we started off in a really. I'm saying, bro. Like, yeah.
2: When you said, "Yo, D, what about this?" I thought it was something like <laughs> that I'm gonna be loving. Steve, it's like, oh
1: damn, bro, you bring Steve, down. do you wanna do you wanna revisit U.S. Iran relations this week,
0: <laughs> <laughs> bro? Dude, we I sent D something after that match, and like, Iranian Iran, Iran, Iranian players, Iran. I I pronounced it right, Iranian players uh, were like getting threatened to have their families abducted and shit. It was crazy Mm -hmm. if they didn't didn't sing the national anthem. And I was watching that game live and I'm like, why do they look like it's a hostage situation singing the anthem? Then I found out afterwards why. No joke. No joke.
2: (laughs) Non-football medic on overworld. World.
0: Hey, but for you, Biddies. Like I know, I, I was texting D before the show or this morning. I'm like, all right, my guy Biddies is joining us, and he thought it was a spell spelling error, and I, I I couldn't give him the answer. Where does Biddies come from? Because that's not your actual name; it's a nickname. <laughs> I don't even know.
1: No. Yeah. Uh, so it was like the first week of high school. My neighbor, who lived across the street from me, decided that. He thought it'd be funny if he wrote on the desk that I get all the biddies, and and so then I was a small school, and uh, another dude who's just like he is the center of attention in any room, whether you like it or not. He read that on the desk before he even met me, and so when he met me, he's like, "Oh, you're Mister Biddies." <laughs> that was two thousand. That was two thousand seven. Made him more professional. <laughs> Bro, I love Yo, that.
2: speaking of names that follow you and you're going to remember this one Trudeau so we had this kid on our football team he came in and granted we used to do all the hazing obviously are you gonna say head that just <laughs> oh yeah I won't say his last name but you know E is his first name Evan last name P and one day because of some hazing that he wanted to do he shaved his head right went full baldy right Everybody in camp called him head because of it. This man went four years at Dartmouth with everybody calling him head. The worst (laughs) nickname that you could possibly have in college because of some little skit that he wanted to do. It started off small with the football team, and then it literally followed him. Throughout his entire
0: college career,
2: <laughs> and like when I look at like Instagram, I'm like, oh, his head right there.
0: <laughs> I don't even call him by his name, which is just crazy. Uh, I didn't, I didn't even know his name until you just said it. I just know his yeah. head, singular, like <laughs> yep. like Nene, just head.
2: Yeah, exactly
0: like that. Hey, before we get into the sports stuff, I did want to ask you guys. So every year Spotify does like the Spotify wrapped thing. Basically it's kind of like an encapsulation. It's like a music, like a music time capsule of your year in music. And I was curious, I know D you said you didn't do it. Uh, biddies, you have one biddies. Who was your number one artist of 2022?
1: My number one artist who also had all five of my top five songs. Wow. Uh, it Yeah. Burn a boy. Uh, Dropped a great album this year. I saw him in concert in Chicago, which was awesome. On Thursday, I'm seeing him in concert here
0: in D.C. Oh, damn.
1: Yeah, so he it was no surprise uh, that he won the undisputed number one title.
0: I'm going to go completely opposite. Do you have any gu- any guesses at all who I would have as number one?
1: Oh, Steve, I feel like you're going like pop, pop punk rock. Um Little like my chemical romance number oh, one. Oh,
0: they're disgusting. Get out of here with that. You can <laughs> kick them off the pod. <laughs> it's probably equally embarrassing. Dua Lipa was our number one artist in 2022. <laughs> She's got bangers, man. She's got bangers. I I, I have. I this, support it. The number one song was Physical, and I played it 57 times, and I'm embarrassed to say that. <laughs>
2: A lot of plays, man. A lot Bruh, of plays.
0: But just really quick before we move off of it. Yeah. My playtime on Spotify, 63,000 minutes of music and 36,000 minutes of podcasting, 100,000 minutes of Spotify. I have a problem
2: that is a serious problem do you have you i'm guessing you have a subscription no commercials cuz if you did that's oh, a lot dude. Of <laughs>
0: that
2: i'm is making a lot of goddamn commercials i'm making
0: the advertisers so much money it's not even funny
2: just, just leave it on play have it go throughout the entire day making a whole bunch of bread for a lot of people
0: <laughs> that's what i do for the frizz and the grid po- Chris podcast those 36,000 minutes man. it's all us the full play count but seriously a oh quick God, plug now. don't forget to subscribe rate review the podcast ooh wrong button okay definitely the wrong one darien thought i was gonna pull out the tin hat
2: well you, you did that i got really surprised I was like already damn okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, the truth tellers music if you're unfamiliar <laughs> it's my uh, conspiracy theory se- section which by the way I we was right. Hit. I was almost, we were, I almost well, you, hit.
2: You were right with what happened. Again, like I said it off We'll talk, I don't understand yeah. how we didn't fucking put money on this, but like it happened. And we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later.
0: Like, we're yeah. going to start with some NBA stuff because that's why Biddy's is here. He's the man with the plan with all the basketball knowledge. And we wanted to talk surprise NBA teams because kind of like what podcasts do at the quarter mark. I'm kind of pissed off because we talked about doing this exact premise. I think like Wednesday last week, and then on Friday, uh, Zach Lowe, Low, the Low Post podcast, did this exact idea, and I was like, "Are you shitting me?" So <laughs> uh, apparently, it's a popular thing. So we're going to talk about some teams that surprised us. Either like they are projected to be better and they really start off shitty, or vice versa, they were projected as like a maybe a plane or out of the out of the out of the plane completely, and they've been a surprisingly good team. I don't know where you guys want to start. I think we all had some common interests in the Bulls. So, Biddies, I'll let you start with the Bulls. Uh, What have you seen from them so far? And why are they surprisingly awful? Uh,
1: This is a cursed organization. And what they're cursed for is they did not believe in Jimmy Butler. Okay? They did not want to pay him. So, they gave up on him. They did the trade, and Zach Levine was the centerpiece of that. And then they get to this point where it's either, okay, we're either not going to believe in Zach Levine and trade him, or we're going to give this guy who's worse than Jimmy Butler more money. And and this is what they're stuck with. And all of Jimmy Butler's now former teams are cursed. So I think that the, the proof is in the pudding. You don't give up on Jimmy Buckets.
0: You do. I feel like everywhere Jimmy Butler goes, he makes the team competitive, scrappy. I, the Minnesota thing didn't work out too well, but like Philly, like Philly was much better with him and now Miami, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But the Bulls, they're just, the offense isn't good, which is unfathomable when you think about how this team is built, that it's three. Your your three stars. I mean, that's Vucevic is kind of a, a non-star star, but just like for them to not have a working offense is pretty surprising. And, uh, I just, it, it's, they're, they're on the treadmill of mediocrity and I don't really see a way out.
0: So a couple of interesting things I wrote down in preparation for this about the bulls. So, they actually have, to this point, the hardest schedule. They have their number one in strength of schedule. So if you look at their... they have, There's like a Pythagorean win column in advanced metrics. And they are three... I know you're laughing, but they should have, based on the numbers, three more wins that they already have. So basically, part of their problem is the opposite of last year, where they had a weak schedule. They were the one seed, then they fell off. I think this is kind of like the flip side. Um, and then just offensively, they're 25... Ranked defensively 11, so offense has clearly been the problem. Um, I don't know, D. Like you've liked some of these players. I know you're a big Lonzo guy. Uh, I don't. Know, I, I know you're a fan of DeRose and some of the, the, those other guys. But like, can you put your finger on where the offensive struggles have been?
2: Lonzo Ball being hurt, hands down. That affects them. Uh, they traded for no, they didn't trade for. Sorry, they signed AC. Like obviously being a Laker fan, like I love the fact that he got his money. You know, he got his championship. He, you know, headband gang loved him out in LA. Um, he was supposed to be a secondary playmaker, lockdown defender. And then when you get Goran Dragic, I always say people's last names wrong. When you get Goran, he's the veteran that you have when you have your star playmaker point guard. So without Lonzo Ball being there, we saw how good they were when he was on the court last season. Like they were, I think, a top five seed, a top three seed, actually, for like a good portion of the season.
1: They were, I think they were number one at the break. Yep.
2: yep. and then And then Lonzo Ball got hurt. And like, I've heard things, you know, social media wise, Twitter, you know, everybody, you know, Woj even texted me on the side, saying things like texted you you personally, yeah, personally, man, like, just like in an injury that like, they don't have an answer for. And that's scary, right? So not only is it a knee that like, you don't have, you know, really good effect, when you come back from a knee injury, you're usually not the best, right? You're not the same person. And then when you don't have a timeline to it, that's even worse. So like, he started to make his game so much better offensively. People actually had to worry about his shot. We already know that he's a top-tier point guard when it comes to passing and getting the ball to people in the pick-and-roll. Him not being there has changed how DeRozan has to play, has changed how any other you know big has to play Vucevic. You know how he should be, but he's not. And it's like without Lonzo Ball, as much as people want to clown on him for being you know a terrible jump shooter style, he was the, probably the key to make that offensive run out there.
1: And and another couple things with what's going wrong there is Zach Levine's coming off of a knee injury and he is not quite right yet. Um, I don't think that means he's done, but it's definitely a shaky situation with that knee. And then Patrick Williams is like the guy that they've looked at as their young prospect for a while. Sort of a diet Kawhi is what they were hoping for. And his offensive game still isn't polished. He's still a really young player, but I think the Bulls uh, optimists would have hoped that he he might be further along in his offensive game now.
0: Yeah, and outside of the players, I thought another thing that was interesting is like schematically, if you dive into the numbers, because I, I I admittedly I've watched maybe one Bulls game; they're just not on my league pass radar. But diving into the numbers, I thought this was interesting. So, the Bulls are the second lowest. Team in the league as far as taking three-point attempts, so they take a they take less three-point attempts per game than the Lakers, believe it or not. D, and they lead the league in 16-foot jump shots. So, like shot selection is going to be a problem. They're taking a lot of difficult shots that are inefficient. They're not obviously. You're if you're going to be that far back, take a few steps back and get the extra point in your your attempt. So, not only are you seeing. Them, the loss of ball, Levine coming back, hurting them, but the shots they're taking, they're not doing themselves any favors at all.
2: That's the players that they have. That's the DeRozan yeah. effect. DeRozan's going to play underneath the three point line, and Levine is also. Levine, when he, I mean, I know, like you say, saying, I know you know a little bit more than that than I do for, but I know based off of play style, Levine's looking to get to the hoop. And he's looking to pull up for that mid range. He's not really trying to shoot a three. So like your star players are not three point threats.
0: And just to t- just before you get him, but he's like Vucevic. I know people think of him as a stretch big. He can stretch, but he only had one really fantastic season with Orlando. He's been like thirty three percent, thirty two percent the past couple of seasons. So he's not the threat that people thought he would be.
1: <sighs> he, yeah, he's not. He's not doing the. Grant Williams game seven. Oh shit! He's knocked
0: down six three pointers on us. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I did want to get into one other juicy angle because, like, this is not me making this up, right? This is a rumor. I told Darian this is an NBA rumor that's not quite like Woj Sham's level where it's like that solidified. But now I've heard it on two basketball pro- podcasts that there's a strong possibility that if the Bulls keep on falling, that the Lakers will come sniffing around and. The 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 players I've heard thrown around are Westbrook and the two first picks, maybe lightly protected on one for um, DeRozan and Vucevic. Now, I thought a Lakers fan would say, "Hell yeah, give me that!" But D gave me a resounded, "Hell no," right? Yeah, shut it
2: down, especially because of the draft picks involved. Now, I know you're saying that that's that's the only way that they're going to get a player like DeRozan and uh, in, in Vucevic, but DeRozan and Vucevic. If they were free agent signings, love it. Trades to then put them farther into the hole when it comes to assets, I don't think it's worth it um, to still finish even at best fourth, maybe fifth seed, right? Like they're not catching top tier teams in the West and they're not competing for a championship. If they were getting to – if it was a guaranteed lock for a conference championship, go ahead because then you know let the chips fall where they may, but they're still getting bounced in the second round Derozan and Vucevic aren't fixing their shooting problems. They're just adding another big and clogging the middle. So, like, you're getting rid of Westbrook's contract, but you're bringing in people that still can't shoot. The problem is that LA can't shoot.
0: Biddies, would you do that trade if
1: you're LA? I wouldn't because, like D's saying, it doesn't it doesn't really solve all your problems. And especially, if, maybe I could be talked into it if it was just one of the first. But if you're giving up both first, then this is really your only crack at the rest of the Davis James era for yep. the Lakers. You have those two picks to do something with and um and if you're not hundred percent confident that I don't even think that's like a, a conference finals team. So if you're not hundred percent confident there, then you you just can't do it.
0: And I guess like the other end of the coin in this one is like if you are the Bulls, are you willing to admit defeat and fold and put all the chips in and say we're done, right? Because they went all out last year to bring in Vucevic to bolster this team to sign ball. They thought they'd be a contender and this is two years in a row now where they're, they're looking in the mirror be like, this isn't it. So like, are you willing to fold if you're the Bulls, do you think? I think... I think they should. I think, we as, I think we as fans can
1: say a lot easier. Yeah, they should. But when you, know, when you brought in Billy Donovan, and when you sign Zach Levine to that contract and you're painting a picture of the organization that you're trying to build, it's a lot tougher for the organization to just say, uh, actually, we're just going to throw our hands up and, and we're going to try again and, and we have a new five-year plan.
0: Yeah, I agree. And Plus, like, if you are a general manager and you give up, you're probably getting fired. It's plain and simple. Like if you screwed up, you traded traded away a guy who turned into Franz Wagner. You traded away Wendell Carter, who's probably better than Vuce right now, and you're trading away. You traded away a pick that might be it's top four protected, but it could be a top five pick the way you're looking yeah. right now. So we'll see. All right, let's get into a different team. Uh, I did want to talk Pelicans because. While you're laughing, I bringing it up because while most most people are haters, I had done my preseason rankings. You can watch, listen to the tape. They were my number two seed. I am a big believer of the Pelicans. D, you're not such a believer. Why are you such a hater? First of all,
2: I'm not a hater. I just told you once. If so, I I didn't say I agreed with you, but I said I understand. And the reason why I understand is if if Zion is healthy, which he's played they will be very good, right, just because he is a mini Shack, He brings the presence in the paint, and he's actually a pretty decent playmaker too for being his size. If he doesn't play, I love B.I. because he's a former Laker. He's not going to bring them you know, to a two-seed, and they're playing well. Zion is performing. He's on the court. Granted, he's not an every-night player, but he is on the court. I'm just hoping that he doesn't get hurt. That's my basis is, is if he gets hurt and goes down, that team goes down.
1: Steve, I'm going to use a word that I know you love, culture. The Pelicans have a culture. And <laughs> if you were to to tell me that, that this was going to be their start, then I would have thought, oh, OK, Zion's back and better than ever. Zion's missed games when he's out there. He's been very good, but he's still uh, like a hair under his numbers uh, pre-injury. Uh, Ingram's missed games, McCollum's missed games, even Herb Jones's missed games, and yet they're still putting up really good numbers on both sides of the ball, really competitive team. And I, I really love to see it because this time a year ago, it was just all negative stories about Zion's relationship with the team, about, okay, does Zion take the qualifying offer and then walk away, and then the Pelicans move to Seattle? And so I think it's really nice to see that this has taken the shape it has, and that they're a well-coached team, have some stability, and and my fingers are crossed that Zion will um, continue to stay on the floor.
0: Yeah, I think one thing that we don't give enough credit with this, uh, with this, with this gr- growth is that as soon as they traded for, we all mocked the trade when we when they traded mm-hmm. for CJ McCollum. Everyone said it's a shitty trade; he's overvalued. If you look at the record, even last year when they acquired McCollum, I think they had a winning record, even though it was a slightly over 500 record. Since they got McCollum, they've been a winning team. And that's what they've missed is that that continuity, that leadership at the point guard position. And I think the sky's the limit just to throw off some numbers for what this Pelicans team's doing. Obviously, the talk around the NBA is on the Celtics, which we'll get to your Celtics in a little bit. Even though they're not a surprise team, I guess you could say they're surprising because they're so good. Um, but everyone's talking about this, the Celtics and to lesser degree the Suns. I know, do you hate the Suns? But those are the two teams with like the highest net rating. Sneakily, right behind them at third are these Pelicans. They have a net rating of six point nine, so they're like the third best analytic team in the league. Uh, defense third ranked, offense sixth rank. I do think there's some interesting things, and you guys can maybe dive into the numbers here. They're doing it with great efficiency at the rim. So um, their second league with layup percentage makes third with dunk rate. Uh, they take the most shots with between zero and three feet under the rim. Um, and they have the seventh, despite all those numbers, and they have a, what they're taking the 27th worst three point. All that being said, so they're taking a lot of stuff close to the rim. They're not getting a lot of three point shots, they're true shooting seventh. So like they're so efficient under the rim that it overcomes them not taking threes. So to me, the biggest part of the success is Zion because having Zion, that's where he takes his his shots. That's his bread and butter. Is there anything else behind these numbers besides Zion's really good? I I think it comes back to
1: my point about culture. And when you, the, really the, the easiest shortcut to becoming good in the NBA as a young team is having an identity. We saw it last year, and it's carrying into this year with Cleveland. They just know who they are. And so every night they have that consistency. And so for New Orleans to, to know that they're that, – to have that ingrained in them that getting the ball to the rim is their priority, that goes such a long way. And then I do want to bring it back to the McCollum piece just because – you're right. That was a trade that got bashed a little bit, and it's somewhat similar to what we saw years ago when your team, Orlando Magic, brought in Rashard Lewis, and he was, you know, by by the numbers, he's the most overpaid player in the league at the time. But when you hear uh, Stan Van Gundy talk about that team, he'll say, no, we didn't overpay because bringing him in made us a real team and, and things started clicking a lot more. So I think we're seeing that with McCollum's leadership and in a sense of like, hey, we should be winning.
0: Yeah, I think the only real worry and limitation is uh can Zion stay healthy? And I and you know, this is a number I brought up of like earlier in the season is at the time before this season, Zion had missed less games than Joel Embiid in his first two years or three years combined. So we see how Embiid's come back, and he's rather healthy since then. I still think that Zion can have a healthy career as long as he's taking care of his body. I think the sky's the limit for this team, and I'm, I'm happy for them. It's good to see that. All right, uh, let's talk. Last point,
2: last point. Oh, go ahead, um, yeah. Just on that, just, you, you talked about culture multiple times, and I had to look at it just because like, I had no idea. I had coach Willie Green. When you look at the pedigree that's behind that, there's actually like some some really good stuff. So if you think about, you know, obviously a, a p- former player now a coach, most star players that turn into coaches are not very good, right? Expectations are because they were superstar coach, superstar player, they're going to be a superstar coach because they can teach people. Steve Shout Nash being the Steve lat- Nash, exactly. <laughs> Steve Nash being the latest of those, and then you have your Steve Kerr's, your Doc Rivers, your role players on championship teams, right? Not saying Willie Green was on a championship team, but just like, look where he came from, where he was an assistant with Steve Kerr and the Warriors. And he was assistant with the Phoenix Suns with the NBA finals two years ago. So like that being brought up in that style of game allows you to a B with the young players, right? They all have a young team. So like he can relate to them different than like a Greg Popovich can relate to them. Right. And like, if you involve the trade with CJ McCollum where it's like, all right, this is what we needed as like the last piece, the veteran piece, but he's still like 30. Like he's a veteran piece, but he's not old. He's still like hip. You know what I'm saying? Like he's on social media, like all of that. encompasses
0: (laughs) podcasting. All
2: all of that. Yeah. Like we all saw that him and Dame, Um, but like he, all that encompasses Willie green doing a hell of a job with this type of team. Not saying coach of the year way too early for that. But like, this is something where like, if he keeps this up, He's going to be up there for for definitely coach of the year at the uh, at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, like I know you mentioned like a lot of star players. Uh, you know, you said Steve Nash uh, don't become great coaches. And I, I think there's something to that because I, I remember they're talking about Barry Bonds trying to be a, a hitting coach, mm-hmm. and when he explains to them like, "Oh, like how do we, how do I be great like you, Barry?" And he's kind of like, "I don't know, I just do it." And so you know, what I mean, like if you're <laughs> that good, you just become so natural. You know, if, if you're if you're the guy who has to work from the ground up, you have to learn all the tricks of the trade. Um, all right. Let's let's pivot off of the off of that team. Uh the Wolves. Disappointing team. They they got criticized. So we talked about CJ McCollum trade and them getting criticized and it worked out. I don't know if this is gonna work out with the Wolves and their trade for Rudy Gobert. I don't where are they now? They're in playing position or are they playing. even in playing position? Uh, just
2: point? outside. They're in uh, their tie. Oh they're tenth. We'll say that. They're they're tenth.
0: Okay, so it's been a disaster. They just lost Cat for three to six weeks, so it's going to get worse from here, potentially. Um, Biddy, is it just like the scheme thing that's screwing this team up, or is there something deeper?
1: Um, Cat's been underperforming. D'Angelo Russell's been underperforming. And, I mean, when the trade was made, everybody was saying Danny Ainge did it again. There's nobody... There's no. I mean, some people thought that the Wolves would at least be a good regular season team, but Rudy Gobert is just not. He's not an impact star. He he. You should not be let mortgaging your entire future to go out and get him. Um, and, and they also gave up some some decent role players. I mean, the truth of the matter is that they were a play in team that lost in the first round. And they just went out and traded for a player who was not going to move the needle a ton for them. And so they've slid back a little bit. Maybe they stay in the play-in race. Maybe they stay 500. I think it's just the the disappointment that you make a big trade, you're supposed to be better. But really, when you break it down, I think it's not that surprising.
0: Yeah, for me... I think this team lacks a few things, right? First, well, let's just let's just talk about the obvious problems they have. Number one, cat. I don't know if you're aware, but cat came into the season was severely ill in the off season. He missed, I think, the last three weeks leading up to the season. Missed the preseason. He lost, I think, 15 pounds uh, before he started the season. He was unable to put it back on. The guy has some serious sickness, uh, like bad luck. He had like a severe COVID bout as well. So he's coming into the season not right. And I think another big thing is like we thought Ant-Man would take a leap forward. He clearly hasn't. He may have taken a step back. And D'Angelo Russell, he's trash. Let's just say it. He's trash. He's a volume shooter. He was really fun in Brooklyn when he could just huck and chuck. This team needs a leader, just like C.J. McCollum came to the Pelicans and stabilized them. They need a point guard who can actually distribute the ball. If this team had Chris Paul, like, you remember how Chris Paul went to the Suns and were like, this is stupid, but, like, they needed someone to just, a veteran presence to be, control the ball, stabilize the team, run plays. This is what the Timberwolves need. Instead, they get a seven-foot Frenchman. I don't get it. Cisco
2: Gobert. Um, Definitely don't understand... The trade itself, uh, two bigs on the court that can't really stretch the floor. Wow. Cat can hit a three or two, but like,
0: Oh, that's disrespectful. Cat, Cat he's the greatest play. big, big man shooter of all time. Just
2: because you win a three-point shooter contest doesn't mean that you're the best shooting big of all time. All right, Dirk Nowitzki, <laughs> shout out. Um, what what I will say is, I, like I, I, Cat can hit a shot, right? But like, you're still not going to play. What are they going to run the triangle offense like through the big man? Doesn't work like that problem started and only because we started talking about it with the Pelicans uh, prior problem started in the offseason when Gobert and Gobert and Anthony I like Gobert uh, better yeah yeah Gobert Go, with well, this is America um Gobert and Anthony Edwards like were butting heads like this was beginning of the season like they were already going taking subliminal shots at each other you know sending sub tweets uh being petty in the press conference room like that's the type of stuff that like gets you the tenth seed when your star that we just traded for is taking shots at your rookie sensation coming off of an incredible year, right? And it translates into what we have right now, which they can't play great together, right? Anthony Edwards wants the ball, he wants to take you one-on-one ISO and, and get his buckets. Rudy Gobert wants to try to be in the offense so like he can try to get an offensive rebound. Like one of them saying, get the hell out the way, the other one's saying, No, I need to do something for you. So like it's it's not a good fit, right? Um and like you say with the C P thing, like there is no distributor, there is no playmaker on the team. There's just a bunch of solo ISO guys all, out there.
0: I know Rudy Rudy Gobert Gobert. I know Rudy Gobert has his issues defensively, like as far as them picking picking, rolling him off the ball and like and killing him in the playoffs. I would I wonder if like there's a secret potential we haven't unlocked with Rudy because if you think back to his hear me now, if you think back to his days of the jazz like Donovan Mitchell I think him more of like a, a scorer as well a scoring guard you have Ant-Man and D'Lo here scoring guards could he be another level of good if you actually had a pick and roll point guard and and, and use Gobert in a pick and roll situation am I, am I crazy biddies just the thing with Go,
1: Gobert is that really all he can do is back. finish at the rim and so to be a to be a really functional pick and roll player that you can build the offense around you got to be able to like take a dribble sometimes you got to be able you got to be able to you got to be able to see a man in the corner and hit it to him in his chest so he can stick the
0: three and that's yeah. not what gobert's about gobert's about blocking people and getting buckets
2: again i also another um tidbit and then obviously you can move on i think the the wolves were the nba champions of the play-in last year right isn't that wasn't that <laughs> oh god was that that team <laughs>
0: hey man that's <laughs> your man's that's your man's watch out patrick Bradley, what, that's your mans. i know he's an
2: l.a you know player now but like that's what i mean by like unnecessary dumb stuff that like you're celebrating a playing game that you won as if it were a championship that's why jimmy got that wanted to get the hell out of there because it's like what what are we doing like we're here to win an nba championship we are the tenth we are the ninth seed and we're celebrating that we beat the seventh seed <laughs> what what is this and to then get smacked in the next round so it's like i'm not saying it started last year because it started years ago when they got rid of them when they got rid of jimmy but like. That that team itself again they're under mm, over or overrated and will never be able, overrated and underachieving. That's that's their label for Minnesota.
1: And we'll see with Cat because if if the Wolves go on like a nice run while he's out, then are they are they trying to calibrate? How they can undo the Gobert trade by trading Cat? Like, I mean,
0: I've heard that. Yeah, and the thing is with Cat though is, if you get rid of him, where is? I guess you're just running everything, everything for Ant Man. Like, where else are you getting offense? Just Ant Man. Ant Man. We'll see. We'll see. All right, let's let's take a let's do like a two for one really quick a, a rat-a-tat attack because I we'll just do touched to on both teams really quick because these, these are two teams that are going to be forever linked the Kings and the Pacers, everyone killed the Halliburton trade for Debonis to bonus. Like I don't remember a single person saying that was a good trade for the Kings. Everyone said, Oh, here goes the Queens again, doing Queens stuff. And it seems to have worked out really well for both teams. I know biddies. You were like, Kings were expected 500, but they are one of the best off. At least last time I checked, we're one of the best offenses in the league. So I think clearly both these teams are overachieving just real quick for you, Biddy's, like, this is my big question: What these teams are doing now, both of them, is it sustainable? Because we've seen the Jazz fall back to earth. We've seen some of these other teams starting to fall back to earth. Can the Kings keep this up and be a legit playoff team? And can the Pacers like be a relatively competitive five hundred team? The
1: Kings, I think definitely. I think that they have that. The way things have taken out, they have a shot to maybe snag the six. And miss the play-in altogether, but I, I definitely expect them to be in the play-in. Um, they, uh, barring injury, they should keep it up. The the hidden success of the trade is that De'Aaron Fox doesn't have to share the ball as much, and he's taken a step up, which is great to see. Because like after year two, he was kind of on par with Jalen Brown in that same draft class, and obviously Jalen Brown has experienced a lot more success in his career um so i think the kings will definitely do it will they still be the best team in california maybe not but uh i think they they should be a contender to in terms of making the playoffs um as for the pacers i think a trade is going to come for the pacers because with that halliburton trade they've showed that if they can start structuring for the future, then they will. And they've got Miles Turner and Buddy Healed ready to go. Should be able to bring in some good picks. To <laughs> just just keep the cupboard keep the cupboard full as as Halliburton comes of age. Uh, Mathurin is is really looking like he can score in the NBA level. So why not bring in a couple of Lakers picks and just if, either be ready to trade for somebody big or just. Have some good picks coming in the door because, you know, uh, Indianapolis is not going to attract the biggest stars.
0: D, you shit on the trade earlier, but you would you would you be happy with that getting Miles Turner and Buddy Heel back?
2: That package, yes. You're still not going picks. anywhere though. No, but you're younger, right? You're younger that you can still have. You're getting rid of the Russ contract. You're still you'll have a shooter and Buddy Healed, and you have a stretch. That you can put AD at the four in Miles Turner. And we're seeing what I don't want to talk about the Lakers right now, but like sorry, <laughs> yeah. but we're seeing what AD is doing right now, kind of playing that four-five, and Miles Turner drops him down to the four. I was going with that whole, I mean, what Biddy's what you said about uh the Pacers is perfect. Like Thuren right now, I can't even pronounce his name right, Benedict will say that. Uh is is definitely outperforming what everybody was expecting out of him. Uh, Halliburton is showing that he is that guy. So like, it's working out for them at the moment. Um, And then when you touch on the Kings, this is the opposite effect of go and get your money. Usually, people go and get their money, De'Aaron Fox, and they coast, right? They they just don't they don't need to perform anymore. They finally got that contract. He is actually elevated his game since he got paid so i'm happy for him to do that and it just makes it like you said he doesn't have to share the ball i'm i am the guy right like give me the ball watch me what i watch what i do with it and it's it's proving and and they're doing very well because of it
0: i got a different theory it's not fox not the bonus nothing that it's the light they brought they the brought the, they brought the beam and they're winning now
1: <laughs> the beam
0: team
2: love it are you aware of the bmd i don't know what the hell you're talking about Ooh, Is it a mascot
0: No, so (laughs) they've adopted a tradition at the Kings Arena. What is it? What's the name of this? Is it something one or whatever, the arena? Doesn't matter. The Kings Arena. And when they get a win, they have this giant light beam they shoot straight into the sky like a Death Star laser. (laughs) Every time they get a win. And since they started the tradition, they've been amazing.
2: Didn't know about that, but that is actually kind of funny. All right, let's
0: before we move off basketball, I'm going to let you ISO for a second, Bitties. Boston Celtics, go. (laughs)
1: Um, I mean, I think it's been incredible to watch so far to lose your head coach in the way that they did going into the season. I think it says everything about the team and just the guys on it, that they're rallying behind Missoula, that Tatum is taking a step up. Al Horford just signed for another two years. Clearly, he uh, enjoys the position that he has within the organization. Malcolm Brogdon's been a great fit. Sam Hauser's really... Um, been a been an awesome surprise, um, and so just everything going into the season, it kind of felt like I was I was bracing for something bad because of Udoka, because of the Rob Williams, Neil Gallinari injuries, and instead um, Tatum ha- has really taken the leap uh, again, and uh, and just everybody's been playing so well, so he, it's been awesome.
0: He's like a legit. MVP candidate right now. He's that good. Like, who's MVP right now? Like, him, Luca, Steph, maybe, but like the only one with a winning record is Tatum. Is there anyone else I'm missing?
2: I think those are Giannis. Giannis.
0: uh, He's missed a couple games here or there, but yeah, I could see that. I, I do have, I was thinking to myself the other day, this Celtics team, if they can continue this run the entire season, right, and be this dominant force. Could we be looking at like the beginning of you remember when the the Warriors, their their first year where they were very very good and they they won year after year? Are we potentially looking at the start of a dynasty with the with the Celtics teams? They're all young, they're all just improving year after year. I don't. See, I think I don't see a reason why this would be broken up.
1: Well, I, just, I think the league is. A lot more competitive right now, and so just like man, you know, Giannis is so good. Is he going to finish with one? No, he's going to get two or three more. Luca's going to win some. Embiid, maybe one day he'll be surrounded by the right people. So the the league, the league is just a lot deeper. I think the league is as deep as it's ever been, um, both like with depth, but also with the superstar talent. So I think it'll be tough for for the Celtics or any team to be a true dynasty but could it be like a really great decade where they win a couple and and they're in a bunch of conference finals and finals yeah
2: i think short term just because i looked at it like right now you're about to see is the not really they have a tough schedule ahead of Right, they're, they're going on their West Coast trip this week, uh, so I think they're playing. Uh, granted, they're out of the States right now. They're playing in Toronto, but they got Phoenix, Warriors, Clippers, LA. That's a good stretch. And my big thing, I know you had mentioned it, Bitties, um, losing their coach. My thing was they're going to be in an amazing regular season team. Talent wins in the NBA, and they are more talented than a lot of teams in the NBA. When it gets to the playoffs and you're no longer going off of back-to-backs, right? People that are tired, people that are load management, whatever you want to call it. And you can scheme against players or, or teams. That's where missing Ime Udoka, I feel like, is going to draw its head. And I know that you're saying that you don't. Uh, Trudeau gave it the look like you don't need coaching in the NBA. We saw what coaching happened last year but with no. the Celtics where they were cr- – We'll say a lack of a better word, shitty up until the break. And then after the All-Star break, you're seeing them right like what they are right now. Ime Udoka played a huge play in that. And it's just it's the drawback after it.
1: I I think that was more personality-wise than schematically. And that experience has changed the guys that they're just carrying themselves in different ways that you weren't seeing before. And then, I mean, it's insane that Sam Hauser was under contract last year and not getting minutes in the playoffs the way that guy could knock down Chuck. Malcolm Brogdon, huge addition. And we haven't seen the third best player from last year, Rob Williams, yet. So I think I, I think they should be able to take care of just about anyone unless Giannis goes superhuman, unless Steph goes superhuman. Um, but I, I don't think that this team will have the trouble that they have with Miami. Last year, uh, because I think that they just—I think that they matured a bit and would be better prepared.
0: I was shaking my head about Ime because we're looking back with hindsight of being like, "Wow, he's a great coach." But I remember throughout the playoffs and and in the season itself, everyone was questioning: Is Ime Ime the right guy? Like, is he going to be a schematic guy that gets us through some of these tough playoff series that gets us past Miami? So the questions were there with Ime. So I don't want to give. Discount Joe Mazzullo, Missoula or Mazzullo? Mazzullo. I don't want to discount him and just be like, he's not as good as he because we had the same questions last year. So we'll see what happens. Darian, they're a bunch of cowards.
2: You they know. did what they were supposed to do. I have my, I'd say, disagreements with how they did it, but they did what they were supposed to do. They didn't let Bama in. Thankfully, they didn't deserve to be there, even though they are one of the best teams. They got smacked by Georgia. They got smacked. Sorry, they got smacked by LSU, and then they got smacked by Tennessee. Great, it was the last second field goal, but they still got beat by them pretty bad. Like the college football playoffs, the way that they set it this year. The reason why I'm aggravated by it is they just proved that conference championships mean absolutely nothing. And the fact that TCU lost and they didn't even drop a rank, I can see if they went from four third to fourth, that bothers me. Right. And then Ohio state, they just slipped back in. Right. It's like, they, they they didn't win theirs. They didn't even play in theirs. They got beat to shit by fucking Michigan. And they just like, yeah, we're going to put you back in like, Everything got messed up when USC lost. Everything got messed up when Clemson lost three weeks ago to to South Carolina. Like college football this year, very confusing, very hard to rank these teams. I think they got it right with the four teams that are in, but I think the order was wrong. I think TCU should have been fourth. As much as I hate to bring up Ohio State, put Ohio State up because like they – TCU lost. They lost their conference championship to Kansas State. Like, I don't care if it's overtime or not. Like, you, you're you just saying, oh, well, well, I mean, you lost, but like nothing really happens.
0: First of all, we all know that it should have been Alabama in there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would love to see Alabama at number four, though, because that would have been a bomb ass matchup, Alabama, Georgia. But like, if I'm going to be reasonable and take off my tinfoil hat and actually have a conversation about this, I think they got it right. Uh, here's the thing TCU lost in overtime they lost and I think it was controversial too. people like based on the replay, they, you know, they could have A uh, false start or something. Like that. Yeah. There was, there was something there. I don't, why would you punish TCU for actually qualifying for the conference championship game, making it and losing it? Whereas Ohio state didn't have the opportunity to play because they couldn't make it. Like it doesn't make sense to penalize someone from, to penalize someone to, to for getting to the, the finish line and losing versus not even getting there. Um, Personally, like if I'm just thinking of like who's better than who, Ohio State's better than TCU. Like TCU plays in a trash conference. They're likely gonna get smacked by Michigan. It's gonna be an ugly game. Mm-hmm. Ohio State versus Georgia should be a fun game. But man, if we wanted like the best teams who who would put up competitive games, I'm telling you, man, number one, Georgia, number two, Michigan, Ohio State three, Alabama four. Those would have been competitive ass games because you know what? I don't believe in Ohio State versus Georgia. I don't believe in TCU versus Georgia. I don't know why I'm crazy. I believe in them boys in Alabama and putting up a fight, <laughs> even if they suck this year. It's more it
1: so great for the ratings.
2: That's yeah, exactly. Definitely a ratings thing. That's what we went on last year. Um Sabin, obviously, against Kirby Smart, being Kirby Smart from the Saban tree. Would have been a great game to watch, but like we've seen it. We've seen it three times in the last two years do we really need to see it again, right? Georgia has won those games. Bama got them, I think, when Bryce Young and, and – I mean, not Bryce, um, the kids that are in the NFL now.
0: No, um, oh, Mac Philly, Jones?
2: No, 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 Philly quarterback. Tua, Jalen Hurts? Tua, no, t- yeah, Jalen Hurts and Tua. That's when they got them, right? And then the last three times, it's been Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. So, like, I'm I'm with how they got there. I don't care about Bama. I really don't. I'm glad that they weren't in it. I just hate the fact that like statistically you saw a team lose and they were like, yeah, we're still gonna keep you at three. That bothers me.
1: But but Ohio State was sitting on the couch. So you know, for them to do nothing and pass them, that would be the that would that would be the talk track instead of they lost. Yeah. At least it went to OT. Yeah. I think either way, you know, they're not it's it's just a I, like they, they, I mean, they're just really lucky because I think if TCU, I mean, Georgia looks like men boys, so I don't think anybody stands a chance against them. But if it was TCU versus Georgia, I mean, it might, it might look a little bit like uh, Brazil versus South Korea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the World Cup. The, the other football will be coming soon. Don't worry. I, I get your point though, D. Like you lose a game. And then the following week you don't move anywhere. Like you don't drop. And it just feels wrong. But Ohio State, like if you if you made the Ohio State, Michigan game this week and Ohio State lost to Michigan to get their first loss by how much did they lose by? Like two four 17 points. It was it yeah, wasn't it was close. Two, it was more than a two-score game. So if you just switch the weeks and put Ohio State, Michigan in the same week, you wouldn't be prob- complaining at all because one loss is by three points in overtime and the other one's by 17 points. And you would be like, all right, that makes sense. But because the losses happen in different weeks, it just feels weird.
1: And Kansas State was like 10.
0: So Uh, Now they
1: are, yeah.
0: Oh, now they're 10? They were 11 or something. They weren't far off.
1: Okay, they weren't like, but it wasn't like... They were a top 25 team. Yeah, it wasn't some unranked team like pulling off an unimaginable upset.
2: I just – it's more of – granted, we don't really talk about strength of schedule here. Like, that's – you play the people that are on your schedule. Like, I'm not going that far into analytics. I just don't see a non – this is, again, years of watching the sport of, like, a non-conference champion from a weak-ass Big Ten lost and didn't move. Big 12 lost and didn't move. And they didn't lose to Texas. They didn't lose to Oklahoma. They didn't lose to your big cats that they normally are. They lost to Kansas State.
0: Yeah, and those and big they're cats are playing good this year. in the college
2: football playoff. Like that's my issue with it. And I know the teams that are behind them: Bama, Tennessee, and um, Clemson. You're not gonna, re- like you said, you're not gonna reward them when they got their two or three losses. Twenty twenty two has just been a very strange college football season. You can even link it into the Heisman, which is something I wanted to talk about. But like, it's just a weird season. A lot of parity, a lot of losses when there shouldn't have been. A lot of wins, you know, from Georgia, and Michigan, when you weren't expecting it. And look where we're at now at the end of the season. You got four teams that are competing for the college football playoff, with two of them lost before they got there.
0: But just like you're talking about weak ass conferences, I'm I I don't know the Big Ten, but I'm looking at it now. Twelve. I'm talking about the Big Ten. I want to talk about Big Ten because that's a weak ass conference. Yeah. Michigan two, Ohio State four, Penn State eleven. That's it. Like, so you want to talk about winning a trash conference? They they're only good wins against Penn State. That's it.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Big 10 though, it is just those two teams. They just happen to be in the same division. Completely different if they were opposite sides where like that like then they're playing each other in the conference championship, but like their game is the game for the conference. So like essentially you're playing a Super Bowl before you get to the Super Bowl because one of you is going to be competing once you get there.
0: Also, Big 12 Trash ass conference. Very bad. That's why Alabama should have been in this is bullshit. <laughs> They're a bunch of cowards. <laughs> Put them in. Uh, but on a serious note, D, is, does anyone have a chance? Is this gonna just gonna be Georgia running through the table at this point?
2: Yes. Um Seton Bennett is the who did I make the the really um AJ McCarron of college football right now, where he just has the winning mentality. He's stayed there, he's been at Georgia for a very long time. He's already got a national championship under his belt and he's starting to do what AJ McCarron helped continue for Alabama, which is this train is just going to keep fucking chugging along. They're just going to keep shooting out five star recruits after five star recruit or three star turning to a Justin Jefferson a la LSU. Like they're just going to c- recruit and coach these players up. So that we talk about Brock Bowers, the tight end, and then you look, you go, oh my God, there's a 6'8, 250 pound tight end named Darius Washington or something, Darnell Washington, right behind him. Like, that's it's mind boggling that, like, this type of team is just going to continuously be better than everyone. We saw it with Alabama over the last 10 years. Guess what? The tides have turned. <laughs> Pun intended. And it's going to Georgia, and Georgia is going to wipe the floor with every <laughs> with everybody that they face, unfortunately. like I feel bad. It would have been a better game with it being Alabama, but they're just going to absolutely smoke Ohio State. And then we saw what they did to Michigan last year, let alone what they'll do to TCU.
0: Uh, we're going to move off of college football in a sec, but let me ask you this, D, mm-hmm. a- and Bitties. Who do you think... Is has the bigger spread between the two semifinals Ohio State, Georgia, or TCU, Michigan?
1: Um, I think Georgia, Ohio State, because Georgia was like 17 point favorites against LSU, so I imagine it's right in that ballpark.
2: I would go the same thing just because, especially, they just put up um, Stetson Bennett as so a Heisman Hopeful.
0: Well, you know, I asked that question because it can be exactly what you don't think it is. Michigan TCU is actually a bigger spread, so the Ozmakers are thinking that Ohio State Georgia will be closer than Michigan TCU. It's a, it's still significant six and a half points, but I don't know, man. I'm, I'm gonna I might get a tin hat. A tin hat might uh might appear to analyze this Georgia game. We'll see. We'll see. Well, it's that time again. The hottest segment on the internet today. And, biddies, you get to be here to experience live the Frizzes Five for the first time. Are you excited?
1: Oh, um, I've been looking forward to it all day.
0: Your whole life, you mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> Prepare yourselves for the greatest and most unique segment in podcast history. Let's rank some stuff with D.
2: It's time for Frizz's 5. Woo! Back on the saddle, baby. Oh, it feels good. We went a week off, right? We didn't do it last week?
0: Yeah, did you miss it? Did you have withdrawals? You didn't, you didn't give someone a did. list? I <laughs> did.
2: I was scratching. I was like, we got to make sure we got a Frizz 5 this week. Uh, no, it was good. Like I said, don't always give the people what they want because they want them begging for more. Uh, so it's good that we took a week off um this one was a late entry but i actually really like it because i'm all about the food you know we already hit the one for thanksgiving but we're gonna hit up frizz's top five restaurant appetizers baby so number five start off hot uh, especially because it's usually hot off the press it's a new england restaurant oddly enough because i don't see them down here but i'm going with the 99's gold fever wings
0: Ooh, Great. man,
2: being, yes, being a former employee of the restaurant, like I saw how they made it. I was a kitchen you know, porter, the, the dishwasher back in the day, uh, but I actually saw how they made it in the sauce. Like, it, dog, it's one of the best. It's obviously not my favorite, but wait a minute, because middies, this is the first time that you've been here. I don't care if you want to judge it. It's not your top five. It's my top <laughs> five, okay? So with it being number five, Gold Fever Wings are incredible as their spicy tanginess, right? We all love it. We've all had them before. Big fan of obviously them being in the top five.
0: Yeah, but and feel free to chime in because he does have some trash takes take sometimes on these top fives. For, you can his, call his
1: uh, he started with just perfection. Uh, my high school group chat, we talked about Gold Fever's <laughs> weekly.
2: Exactly absolutely man but we still hitting this baby on the road let's go number four it's always going to be them loaded cheesy bacon fries baby mm. you can't go wrong with some loaded fries some nacho cheese on the top mix little scallions and top that motherfucker off with some bacon it's like a meal before you get to the meal i don't care if you go to Yo, know, Buffalo Wild Wings, if you go to any type of sports pub like that right there, just give me them all day. Cause I'm literally going to eat it as if it is an actual meal. Loaded French fries are definitely up there.
0: So, solid, I still think go, go for your wings probably be ahead of that. It's fine. It's your list, not mine. Exactly. I, I didn't get a chance to ask you guys: bone in or boneless?
2: I'm not answering this question. Why not? <laughs> it's a dumb question for me to answer. Why? <laughs> It's always bone-in. What do you mean, boneless? Come on now. Just get,
1: just get chicken tenders. Yeah. Look. If you want boneless.
0: Bruh. Just get I tenders. Love, I love boneless because I'm not getting my hands dirty. I don't have shit all over my face. Cut that shit with a knife, okay, if dip you're, it in the sauce. Mm. If you're hammered drunk,
1: I'll allow boneless. <laughs> yes.
2: Also, if you're a 12-year-old, you'll order boneless. Uh, on to number three because apparently we're not grown in here and i like to explore my palate this is a new appetizer at least to me definitely didn't have it i'd say five ten years ago ate it once when i met my in-laws i love me some fried calamari baby dog that is that is a grown up appetizer, right? Like, you look back in the day when you're a teenager, you know, early 20s, you're hitting up the bars because you were just talking about this. I wasn't ordering no damn calamari. I was like, fried squid, octopus? What the fuck is that? Y'all eating that? Nowadays? Yo, that's the first thing I'm looking at on the menu. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. They got calamari? Let me check. Yes, order some of those and then some more of those. That's what I'm looking for.
0: Bro, calamari is phenomenal and you know what's the best i love those little green uh it's like pepperoncinis cut up on there too The little little calamari little green pepperoncini dip it into the sauce oh it's so freaking good it's
2: on point man and like and again it's a new one right it's the reason why it hasn't been a little bit farther up in the list because it's new the next two are definitely old school they will be number one and number two Mm. so number two you said bone in or bone out bro it's always bone in because number two is going to be any type of chicken wings baby Bro, barbecue buffalo honey barbecue you know gold fever if you want style wings chicken parmesan cheese like garlic parm any style of chicken wings that you have bro. appetizers give me those no matter where you go it's not a meal it's just it's the meal before the meal baby
1: if you had to commit to one sauce, what are you
0: going?
2: With? Garlic Parm, without a fucking doubt.
0: Buffalo all day every day.
2: Not a chance. But the thing is, a little bit older, I have actually gotten into buffalo. Not quite hot sauce, like I'm not going to take a plain food and put hot sauce on it, but I will take buffalo style chicken. As weird as that is. Okay. I just don't want to make the food hotter, it's already hot.
1: I have a, I have another question. Uh you're going drumstick or flats?
2: Ooh, it's better flats, but drumsticks has more meat. That's just that's that's it right there. So I'm gonna go flats. I'm gonna go flats.
0: I, I'm I'm digging the drum. I'm mm-hmm. I'm very not messy eating. So like, yeah, the drumsticks the, is so, much simpler. Right <laughs> so I, much simpler.
1: much. I I'm also going drumstick. He has to like perform surgery on the flats. Somebody's like, you got to watch this TikTok. Yeah. Like I'm not watching the
2: Although TikTok. It's, it's, it's twist pull. Eat. It's that simple. Twist, <clears throat> crack the leg, pull that one out, chomp on the other leg. It's that eat, simple.
0: Eat. 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 I like I to try to get fun. fancy and just stick the whole thing in. Try to debone it at once, but then I, you know, choking hazard. Again, I'm a 12 year old. What did you? What are you trying to do? You attract a crowd. <laughs> you got first. For you put it in. First, in, you put it in.
2: Again. We talk about it all the time. You get the better effects when you watch live on Twitch. You guys don't <laughs> understand what Trudor was just doing on that one. But it number in. one, when we round this out, give me my drum roll, please. <laughs> the number one appetizer. But they are. <laughs> mm. The number one appetizer always, will be, and forever is some scalloped, wrapped bacon. <laughs> I I believe it's right, a bacon. Yeah, wrap bacon scallops. Scallops. Sorry, but I'm so hungry now. <laughs> talking about it. But you could, you could wrap some bacon and some scallops if you want. But I don't care how you say it. Bacon wrap scallops. Scallop wrap bacon. Like just that combination of food as an appetizer is number one at weddings. It's number one at family functions. It's number one at restaurants. Like I, you will go to a restaurant and they will it will say scallop. Wrapped in bacon, not scallops. Meaning you just get one, and you're still gonna order it. You're like, yep, yep, yep. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how small it is. I don't care how much it costs. I want, we want, to, I want me one of those scallop wrap, bacon wrap scallops is just it's a, yeah It's a classy scallop. choice. It is number one, baby.
0: I feel like it's many, many flavors because we have a guest. You brought it this week. That was a very, very good top five appetizers. Are I mean, there
2: for you to say that I don't do bring you, it every week? Damn, bro.
0: Like, uh,
1: about shots
0: without shots. Biddies. He listed the top five sitcoms of all time. He omitted The Office and put on, I think, Big Bang Theory was like number there, one or two.
2: Oh, man. Judging by these lists that we do, right, and I love it because it allow it has allowed me to open up, right. <laughs> I have allowed myself to start watching The Office, right. Can't say that I've watched a lot of it, but I've at least turned press play. Not bad. And this is also something that we talked about, Moana. Same thing. Like I've allowed the little ones to want to watch that. So like, because we did Disney movies once, uh, Disney uh, pre-pick, uh, non-Pixar or something like that and trudeau talked about moana i ain't never seen it i didn't watch the office i didn't watch moana so like it you was going on but okay the, yeah the critiques the critics <laughs> the more that you like to critique my shit, the more i will open up to you know listen to what you guys have to say
1: any omits can, I, can I get, yeah huge omission uh i don't think i'll be able to sleep tonight hey. How are you putting the loaded fries in instead of nachos? Because it's like, like, nachos are just doing a better version.
0: I got you. We need to have a poll question on, on, on our poll after this, because I was going to say, get rid of loaded fries, put potato skins on that list.
1: No. Okay. one I, I'm
0: putting on the list for
1: this. I also have, I feel like an entire I mean, mozzarella sticks got missed. Oh.
0: No. So good.
1: Anything, any? I mean, my pick would be crab rangoon, but Chinese restaurants Dumplings. have like eighteen top five worthy <laughs> appetizers. You, you could just a menu, you, yeah? just go one by one. Up, I man. mean, Chinese appetizers might be a future for his <laughs> next time I come back. We'll just do we Chinese. To top think
2: about five. That because I was on the, the I was towing the lines of some wontons. You know, I was I was a big fan. So you know some. Uh, I, the thing is, with potato skins, not to forget, obviously, which is the potato skins, I've, I've eaten so many. I, like I said, I used to work at the 99, kind of over there. Like, th- it's just uh, no thank you. And nachos, I think we might have even talked about this before. I'm not a hard taco guy. I'm soft taco because hard nachos, get they get stuck in my teeth. So, no. Like, I'll bite into a nacho, and it'll get stuck in my gum. And I'm like, if I'm in pain, why the fuck do I want to keep eating that? So, no thank you on the nachos. I'm good.
0: I'm with the Team Soft Talk. And the poll question is up. Better better appetizer, potato skins, loaded fries, or nachos. We'll see who actually won wow. that one.
2: I like it. That, I'm gonna retweet that one. I appreciate you doing that.
0: <laughs> well, it's been a long show, but I've enjoyed the hell out of it. It's good to have a third wheel for it with us, and I mean that in the most loving way. I know third wheel sounds bad, but if we're a tricycle biddies, you're the front wheel, you're the big wheel. We're we're the ones in the back.
1: I think Somerville, Mass, legalized uh, polyamory, so it's it's just the way of the world these days.
0: Hell yeah! All right, so let's talk a little football, and by that I mean football, because Biddies loves soccer. He's a big. He actually is a big uh, Siriofan there in uh, Italy. How's Napoli doing this year?
1: Uh, It was supposed to be a rebuilding year. We fucked around, and we are first place by eight points uh, here in the World Cup break.
0: Hell yeah. All right, so we're going to talk a little World Cup because we were all invested. Um, We were pumped at the United States advance. We actually didn't get to talk about that match because we recorded on Monday last week. Lost to the Netherlands. I don't know how we should approach this. Um, I guess just like tournament takeaways for the United States, maybe the United States going forward and other general... World Cup things. I'll just get us kicked off. We freaking need a striker, man. We have no goal scores. And I think the biggest thing that really pissed me off this roster construction, qualifying, I love Ricardo Pepe. They left him off the roster. I know he's young. I know he's inexperienced, but he got us goals when we needed it in qualifying. And when we needed goals in the tournament, we could not put them in the back of the net. I think we had what? We had two against Netherlands. Um, And then two, so four goals, all the tournament. It's just, you can't win the soccer match without scoring goals. And that's, that's what we are right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a good showing to they, that was really the goal was to get out of the group stage. I think they were the youngest team or second youngest team at the tournament. Uh, Home field advantage is enormous in soccer, especially international. So to, to be having the next World Cup on home soil will be huge. Um, definitely need, definitely need that striker who will just open up the field a little bit more. For because we have two good guys on the wings with Kalisic and Mea, um, so just having a guy in the middle will change a lot. Um, and yeah, I mean Netherlands. The Netherlands was a better team who played their game, and so uh, nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. I think it was a good showing, and I think it gives some stability that Burhalter Halter could stay on as coach and, and hopefully build the program to, um, something that we can see a deeper run in our own backyard.
0: Yeah. I've, I've mixed feelings about Burhalter Halter as a, as a, as the gaffer, as they say, it's, I, I think that we were premature in, in playing this kind of, uh, attacking style. I think we would have maybe been better off, better suited to play more of a counterattacking style. I don't love a four, three, three formation. I guess maybe it's, Depending on like what roster we had, um, but I think also he was out coached. You know, you saw in the first match we we were up against uh, Wales. They made adjustments. We couldn't make adjustments. They came back and they won the game. Um, and then the same thing. I think I think even the Netherlands coach said that there we didn't make m- many adjustments and and it was easy for him to out scheme us. So I think that just goes to in game scheming. Like yeah, I don't think he's the guy to when things get tight and you need to make a change. He's not going to deviate from the game plan too much. And personally, I just think the way the U S played most of the tournament was kind of cowardice. You know, like we, I know our offense isn't great and it's limited, but at the same time, we didn't take a ton of chances. Uh, you know, when we got a one goal lead, we were just hanging on for dear life. And I hate playing that type of soccer. I hate getting a one goal lead and holding for 50 minutes, but, uh, he will keep the job because he did what he was supposed to do. He advanced to the next round and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in 2026. I know it's different. What's in your backyard? But we need we need significant improvements if they want to do anything. Do you got anything on the World Cup?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, this is a tough subject for me. Like I said, I am the casual for it. Um, I think we talked off air at least about formations and whatnot as to like what's going to be better for them moving forward. I was going off of FIFA, the video game, and you schooled me with like what they should actually play. Um, so like, I think my my biggest takeaway was their talent. Or at least their their. S- their age that they have right now they're too young they're too dumb to understand like it should be a negative effect to them to them it's like oh wow we got this far we actually advanced to the the knockout stage like what's the next goal the next goal is to advance to the next round and like they should still have what two more if it's every 4 years they're all within their 20s right now they should have what two maybe three more times together that's like the chemistry two more okay that's that's the chemistry that you build right that's the Landon Donovans. I know that's a, lo- a long time ago, but like that's the Landon Donovans where like, those skilled players, if they're forming together, that culture that we talked about in the NBA, um, staying together when they get to that second wave and then the new talent is coming up. They have championship style pedigree. They didn't win a championship, but they have pedigree to play in the World Cup to bring up the new, I guess, like neophytes uh, to let them know that, hey, this is what we used to do. This is how we got here. Just listen to what we have to do, and I promise you, like it will we'll show you guys the way for us to compete better next season, next time that we compete if, in the World Cup.
0: If I had like a report card in the U.S. and the World Cup, right? Defense, a B plus. I thought they were very sound defensively. You you disagree, B- Biddy's ball? kind of like? I was saying. Uh, like, I
1: mean they they gave up one goal in open play during the the group stage. Or no, they gave up no goals
0: in open. Oh, play. so you're you're saying but it should it gave, be higher than a B plus?
1: Yeah, I mean they got beat in that that last. I, I would say like it's an A minus. Okay, I'm just because thinking, like, there's
0: an A... i I'm thinking like on the world, like compared to like the best teams in the world, like they're not an A plus in the world. But like if you want to compare our level of play to the world, like it's a B plus. Like it's it's above. Okay, average. okay, okay. I I got. You. That's how I'm kind of doing it. I would say like possession and advancing the ball. B minus C plus. I think we did a pretty good job. Like we, we were able to control the ball, advance up the field and look composed. And then finishing is an F that's if you watch the Portugal's of the world, if you watch um, the Brazil's of the world, when the ball is put in the box, there's no hesitation. They finish. They don't think about it. They just know what to do and they put it on goal. We got the ball in the box, and what I saw a lot is that guys got the ball on top of the box, and they just thought for one second, like, should I pat, shoot pass? And it's just if you don't one time and, and make your move, defense is there. So it's obviously you got to improve the skill, but like just be more aggressive. Like you don't have that alpha at the nine, and be like, I'm going to get my shot.
1: Yeah, I think I think from that possession piece, really only England was the game that. The, they were creating consistent chances. Um, and, and then in that game, really their lack of size was so on display because they got so many set pieces, so many corners, but just every time they're kicking the ball into the box in England, is so much bigger. Um, but yeah, I think I think your analysis is, is pretty much right on there.
0: And um, should we talk rest of the World Cup? Sh- shoot, yeah. If you want, if you got something else for us, go for it. I mean, I think as much
1: as we love an underdog story, I think it's pretty cool that the Giants are still standing and we've got – well, first of all, I think the World Cup should just steal March Madness's names. So we're going into the Elite Eight here, and, and we've got Messi through. We've got France overcoming their injuries and going through to the Elite Eight. England's in. Brazil's in. Um, and we might be tomorrow seeing a setup for a Spain um, Portugal, Portugal to go through and Spain to go through. And I mean that and we also have Croatia uh 2018's runner up. So they have all the Giants still standing, uh, and, and seeing some of the stuff that Mbappe did in that game against Poland, seeing Neymar returned to Brazil, and them just absolutely unloading on a South Korean team that actually has a pretty good defense. Um, I think, I think it's really great that all the stars are going to be on display in the biggest games.
0: I, I'm kind of sad. I was rooting once the USA went out. I was rooting for those two Asian teams just to like be scrappy, Japan and South Korea. I loved, I, I love the underdog story. <laughs> where they're just all dead. I think, uh, do you guys have prediction? I don't know if you have one, but like, I really think the winner of this world cup will be France back to back, baby. Let's go. They're dominant, dude. They have experience. They've already won the cup. They have a premier player. They look really, really good.
1: Yeah. I I was, I thought that the injuries they had coming into the tournament was going to end up being a downfall um but they've looked so good and yesterday i was thinking okay whoever wins france versus england is going to win it all and then my pre-tournament pick in brazil came out and reminded me so i, I gotta stick with my pre-tournament pick now that Neymar's back but france has like pretty incredible and the fact that mbappe is tied with messi And ahead of Ronaldo in World Cup goals is just insane. Yeah, that was my
2: thing. I just wanted – I said it selfishly that I wanted Messi to, you know, rise up. Um, I said, I think, when we first started talking about the World Cup, just because of the amount of talk that we keep hearing that he doesn't show up in these big style of games, I would love for him to silence. Even if they don't win it, just part of those, like, he did his thing as opposed to, like you just said, Mbappe has more goals than him, but I know that (laughs) Messi has played more games. Like I would rather see him advance a little bit farther as opposed to just get knocked out in the next round.
0: Yeah, Biddy's really quick. Before we before we move off this, I gave a shitty answer when you asked me the question: Why is Messi not showing up in big games? Why does he that? Why does he not show up in big games? Biddy's like, do you have an actual good answer to why he seems to not rise to the occasion and like his teams don't go farther than what is expected?
1: It's, I mean, it's just not basketball where you can put the ball in his hands and and have him take over for the whole game. You got to create a full system. Argentina's had great runs and have won a South American championship during Messi's time. Um, it's, yeah. You know, when he's when he spent most of his career on a loaded Barcelona team, he could. He showed up in the big game, so I don't think he has any sort of stage fright. It's just a different game on the international side and a south american team has not won it since brazil in 2002 it's just been a a run of european dominance um so i think that's just part of his misfortune
0: can't be the greatest of all time he should have that ring that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) he's a fraud All right, so we're going to get out of here, but we're going to do our closing segment. I liked it. We've implemented it. It's like the third week now. Biddies, if you're not aware, if you're new to the audience, uh, you know, it's been a long show, but I'm sure there's things you guys have had on your minds that we haven't really got a chance to touch on, different sports, pop culture, whatever. Um, But So this is your chance to get it off your chest. Let's do it. The show is coming to an end. But first, it's time to get to anything we've missed. It's closing time. One segment. Two takes. Marco. It is, you know where that comes from in professional sports?
1: Uh I do because I listen the the match closer. Let's go,
2: Edwin Diaz.
0: <laughs> thank th- thank you slapper. For, thank you for being a loyal listener, Biddies. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Bitties, you are our guest and we want to be gracious hosts. So you lead us off. What's on your chest, man? Get us out of here with your closing take.
1: Let's keep it soccer. The Cristiano Ronaldo story arc is absolutely insane. Uh, Beginning of last year, he returns to Manchester United, sort of a Prodigal Son type of deal. Hasn't really gone well at all. Culminating climaxing in a... (laughs) 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 Climaxing in a... uh, Listeners at home on Spotify, Steve, has uh, Ronaldo in his notes. But he went on a Piers Morgan interview and just absolutely torched the entire manchester united organization manager teammates club legends just unloaded on them leading to manchester united after uh having unsuccessfully tried selling him in the summer just saying you know what we're terminating the contract and now he is getting the bag 200 million i think 213 million dollars To go play in saudi arabia and it's just like it it just Mm. what if like if like lebron did this it would be twitter would be on fire elon would actually have a problem on his (laughs) hands this time so i mean it's just it's just such a crazy sports story and we're removed from it because we're here in america where we don't follow as closely but it's just truly something that The fix was in from the jump. If he went on that interview, and then a few weeks later, he's getting two hundred million dollars a year.
0: I'm so tired of Ronaldo. Like, I'm just so tired. He's such a diva, the biggest, worst diva in professional football. I just, I can't with that guy. And like, to go play for Saudi. like remember how much so- shit we gave the live golfers, like like the Phil Mickelson who went to play to Saudi Arabia. We like, gave him so much shit, and and this clown's going over there for two hundred million dollars. Like, was it a year, per A year. year, and no, one, and like it's just like he's the perfect guy for it because he's just such a sleazeball. I'm just so done with him and his cock. I don't. He's probably a decent guy, but just like. His face, it's just so punchable because it's just so perfect. <laughs> I don't know, man. I hate it. Just
1: imagine imagine if Portugal won the World Cup. <laughs> In like That's
0: the in-between. The worst. Uh, all right. D, do you want me to go first or do you want to... Uh, yeah, you, you can go. I'll wrap this up. I, I got something interesting. Here. All right. I got some numbers. got some numbers. Uh, basketball-related, NBA-related. I've been saying this for years now. There is something weird with that second overall pick in the draft. And I did my research. Total win shares. shares. Why did I say shears? Total win shares for the top seven picks. Ready? Number one, 73.9. Number two, 49.7, number three, 60.9, 4, 49.4, 5, 53.0. So the like the performance per pick. Number one, you're golden. Like, you're going to get a stud. For some reason, that second pick drops off a cliff and then pops back up 10 points at number three. There is just something haunted about that number two overall pick. Are you ready for this? Do you want me to go down the list? Well, oh, I'm going to. The past 10 years, the number two overall pick. Chet Holmgren, working out dandy. Jalen Green, I don't know. James Wiseman, G League superstar. John Morant, he's a winner. He's a winner. We like, we like John Morant. Marvin Bagley the third, stud. Lonzo Ball over Luca, over Luca. Yeah. If, and ch- Biddies, chime in if you have some other guys that got picked around around these guys, just as a reference point of how bad these picks were. Lonzo Ball, eh, okay. Over
1: Tate Over
0: Tatum. Over Tatum. Uh, this one's a good one. Brandon Ingram in sixteen, solid. All right. This is where it gets ugly. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, I guess you made an all-star team. Jabari Parker, okay. This name... Over and bead. Over and bead. Victor Oladipo, that that draft class was pretty trash. I mean, we saw where his career has gone. And then the last two. Michael Kidd Gilchrist mm-hmm. and Whoa. Derek Williams. Mm. Do not get the number two pick because you were. I don't know. I don't know why this happens. The number, three, the number three pick's just more successful. than The number two guy, but man, there is some sort of court curse with that number two pick in the NBA draft.
2: Ugh. Yeah, the Lakers had it. They, they had it. And they 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 could not pick Lonzo though. So like we let's not get on them. They had that. That was that was the LA boy <laughs> being in SoCal. They had to fucking take him. I love the pick, but I hated that Tatum ended up being much better. Um, just to wrap it up, and I guess get us out of here because we are talking basketball, we are talking the Lakers, at least for me right now, this little run that AD is on, oh my goodness. Now, granted, I'm waiting for the wheels to fall off. This just unfortunately what it is being a Lakers fan. And being Literally. Fan. Yeah, <laughs> um, but just like his performance last night, man, 55-17, Ridiculous. Like he's having some monster games 44 and 10, 27 and 12. He, in a game that they lost, I think he was like 37 and 21. Like, what the fuck is going on? A lot of it capped off with LeBron going down. And we've seen this before where players elevate themselves when they don't have LeBron. And then we've seen when LeBron comes back, they kind of regress, right? ad hasn't done that so we're we're in a weird stage with the lakers right now where lebron might be playing second fiddle for the season if ad can continue doing what he's doing i'm not saying that he's a 55 and 20 guy for the rest of the year but if i'm getting 30 and 15 and he's healthy hey man, all bets are off with what they can actually be at the end of the season But again, they won eight out of the last 10, and they're still in the 10th seed. So let's, we take it with a grain of salt when we're out here in LA, unfortunately.
0: Does he frustrate you? Because like you can see where his highs can be. just is, he can't do that all the time.
2: No, it's not frustrating. It's just, you're waiting for it to happen. It's just, you you expect it to be hurt. Death taxes and AD breaking his ankle when he's getting a glass of water out of his refrigerator.
0: Amen to that. Oh. All right, well, I want to thank, first of all, Bitties. We appreciate you being the inaugural guest. It's been a blast. I really appreciate you being here with us today, man. Any last words for the people?
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: All right, D?
2: As we say, every time you guys are tuning in, either here on Twitch, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, please, y'all take care of y'all bread, take care of y'all chicken, take care of y'all mentals, take care of y'all physicals. Be blessed. Please be safe out there and we'll catch y'all on the rebound. Peace.